0: Hello everyone and welcome to Genocide News Now, a bi-weekly news update from the Anti-Genocide Coffee Break, a multinational podcast. We are your hosts, Theresa Merck and Saad Arderid, and we wish you a happy new year as you join us for our first episode of 2024. You can find us at www.lemkininstitute.com, as well as on Patreon, Spotify and iTunes. All the news and action items mentioned in the podcast are available on our website.
1: Today, we want to provide an overview for some of the topics that we will be focusing on in the coming year, as well as why we feel it's important that these remain on our and your radar. Much of the information shared here can be read in the Lemkin Institute Year in Review for 2023, which can be found on our website.
0: This episode focuses on context. We will provide your listeners with information about some of the most insecure and violent conflicts in the world right now. Conflicts which we will return to in future episodes with the latest news on their development.
1: To start, we think it is important to point out that most of the mainstream news promoted and consumed in the West is unfortunately very skewed toward a narrow category of countries and conflicts it deems worthy of coverage, primarily those occurring in the Northern and Western Hemisphere. While exceptions do occur, we believe that there are many conflicts which are rarely discussed and, in turn, limit the content that individuals receive or consume about important policies and their consequences for human rights in the Global South. Although a brief biweekly podcast will hardly be sufficient to stem this trend, it is our way of demonstrating our own solidarity with those in the Global South while also attempting to improve the scope of news coverage that we in the West prioritize.
0: It is particularly evident when reviewing the countries which the International Rescue Committee has placed on its emergency watchlist for 2024. That little attention is being paid to ending atrocities that are ongoing and conflicts that are intractable around the globe. In combination with the Lemkin Institute's Year in Review, we have compiled a list of countries and topics that we believe are worthy and deserving of sustained attention by the international community. To start us off, I'll begin by telling you a bit about the Sahel, a region in Africa which covers the following ten countries: Senegal, Gambia, Mauritania, Guinea, Mali, Burkina Faso, Niger, Chad. Cameroon, and Nigeria, a region that is marked by suffering. According to the UNHCR, this region is experiencing one of the world's most severe humanitarian and security crises. Due to attacks from armed group and militias, along with widespread human rights violations, and the effects of climate change, 3.7 million people have been internally displaced. Many experts point to weak governance in the region's countries, along with human rights violations, as the driving force behind the widespread violent extremism. Just in central Sahel, there are more than 41 non-state-armed groups. Each time conflict erupts, civilian suffering increases, and poverty and food insecurity intensify. There is much ongoing news from this region that we will be covering in future months, as we will be diving into many of the nuances and crises occurring there in future episodes. For now, Teresa, can you provide some context for the next country analysis, Sudan?
1: Thank you, Sarah. Unfortunately, the situation in Sudan is similarly dire with 24.8 million people, or more than half the population, in humanitarian need. There must be a greater effort to understand what is happening in this part of the world, as well as what the international community can potentially do to help alleviate suffering. As noted in our year in review for 2023, the Masalit population in the Darfur region of Sudan has been targeted by Arab militia fighters in atrocities which the High Representative of the EU for Foreign Affairs and Policy described as an aim to eradicate the non Arab Mazalik community from West Darfur. This population has been the subject of the most intense and gruesome atrocities at the hands of the RSF and their allies, who have taken almost total control of the West Darfur region since the start of the war. It is therefore especially significant that we remain informed on the latest news from this area.
0: Moving to Ethiopia now, this country has seen both conflict and genocidal violence during 2023. In the Oromo region, an insurgency broke out led by the Oromo Liberation Army. They also began what seems like a coordinated genocidal campaign against the Amhara in the region. The irregular Amhara Regional Defense Force, known as Fano responded with its own attacks, leading to massive loss of life and the displacement of thousands of Amhara from Oromia. The ongoing conflict led the central government to declare a state of emergency in August, with the imposition of strict curfews, travel restrictions and communications outages. The government continues to carry out drone strikes in Amhara villages, while the ENDF and Fano clash in and around population centres. This is a conflict that is particularly complex and will receive further attention in upcoming episodes. Teresa, while we have consistently been covering the conflict in Gaza, this is a region that is undergoing significant fighting and violence and requires constant vigilance. What can you share about the latest there?
1: This conflict has been very much present on the world's radar the past few months, and the war between Israel and Hamas seems to have no end in sight. In the wake of Hamas's unprecedented military operation against Israel on October 7, Israel launched air and ground attacks on Gaza of an almost unimaginable scope and scale. Israel's current assault on Gaza is considered one of the most devastating military operations in recent history. According to the Associated Press, In just over two months, the offensive has wreaked more destruction than the raising of Syria's Aleppo between 2012 and 2016, Ukraine's Mariupol, or, proportionally, the Allied bombing of Germany in World War II. It has killed more civilians than the U.S.-led coalition did in its three-year campaign against Islamic State group, end quote. By the end of 2023, the death toll of Palestinians in Gaza had surpassed 22,000, two-thirds of whom were women and children, with more than 57,000 injured, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry. More than one million Palestinians have been displaced from northern Gaza to the south of the Strip since the October 13th Israeli military evacuation order. This is more than during the 1948 Nakba. The healthcare system is in total collapse. Injured people, including children, must endure painful operations without anesthesia, including amputations. Israeli forces, despite initially announcing military activities in the north of the Strip only, expanded the area of their attacks to the south, shelling Khan Yunus, which was previously marked as a safe zone. In early December, Israeli authorities ordered Palestinian civilians to evacuate from Khan Yunus to Rafah City on the border with Egypt, which is also being occasionally bombed. The constant push of the Palestinians to the border with Egypt constitutes forced displacement and ethnic cleansing. There is no safe place for Palestinians in Gaza. But Sarah, I've heard that there have been some developments regarding South Africa and Israel. Could you please share what has been going on there?
0: Absolutely. So the case brought by South Africa against Israel for the crime of genocide in the International Court of Justice began on Thursday of last week. Although a final ruling on the case may take years, the initial proceedings focused specifically on the request by South Africa for, quote, an emergency order against the continuing killings and destruction in the Gaza Strip, end quote, according to reporting by Al Jazeera. This means that an interim sentence could be out in weeks. During the hearings, South Africa's legal team went through the Genocide Convention point by point in order to illustrate the ways that Israel has violated the Convention, and is continuing to do so. Predictably, Israel's defense was predicated on the fact that its actions were a quote, legitimate self-defense, end quote, after the attacks led out by Hamas on October 7th, over three months ago now. Germany said on Friday afternoon that it wants to intervene on the case on behalf of Israel stating there was no basis whatsoever for an accusation of genocide. I think that leaves just one more country that we want to review for today. Teresa, could you fill me in about the latest out of Myanmar?
1: Yes. For our final country summary for this episode, it is important to know that the humanitarian abuses occurring in Myanmar are largely a result of the Myanmar military, the Tatmadaw, declaring a state of emergency in the country in February 2021 following their successful coup of the government there. Importantly, it is the Tatmadaw which committed genocide against the Rohingya population in 2017, forcing hundreds of thousands to flee to neighboring Bangladesh. In the nearly three years that the Tatmadaw has been in control, at least 4,177 people have been killed, either by security forces or anti-junta groups that have formed as a response to the Tatmadaw's reign. In addition to this, there have been documented accounts by the Women's League of Burma of rape and conflict-related sexual violence by Tatmadaw soldiers at checkpoints. The militias which are formed in opposition to the military government are referred to as People's Defense Forces, or PDS. And in October of 2023, varying ethnic armed groups banded together to launch Operation 1027 against the military junta. The degree of fighting that has broken out as a result of this latest operation has displaced over 660,000 people, adding to the nearly 2 million already displaced across the country, according to the UN. The National Unity Government, or NUG, provides a glimmer of hope for those suffering under the oppression of the Tatmadaw, as they are a pro-democracy movement which attempted to overthrow the Tatmadaw. In 2021, and provide the only sustained resistance and positive alternative to the current situation in the country.
0: And with that, we thank you for joining us for our first episode of 2024. We look forward to bringing you more coverage of escalating and ongoing conflicts throughout the year. Be sure to visit our website at www.lotlemsoninstitute.com for more on our work in the field of genocide prevention. And if you would like to take action and make an individual difference, Feel free to take a look at our list of resources on our take action page on our website. Thank you for listening and have a great day!